Boom, we are live, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It's your boy, Nolan Hawkeye Anthony here. And this is, of course, the NHA podcast. This will be the instant reaction to the first round victory for the Iowa Hawkeyes, I believe 86 to 74 over my alma mater, Grand Canyon University. First and foremost, <laughs> I go to 247hawkeye.com. I published an article as soon as the game was over. Also, smash that follow button on Facebook. You can subscribe so you never miss any of the content that I release or, or 247hawkeye.com releases, as well as the videos. Smash that follow button on Twitter and Parlor at 247hawkeye. Oh, and don't forget... Go and give Dean Freen a follow on Facebook as well. Matter of fact, Dean, how you doing, buddy? I'm, I'm doing great. It's, it was good to get the win. Hey, and I want to congratulate you on being an alumni of Grand Canyon University, and you have an illustrious celebrity who also graduated from there. Did you see that today? Uh, I know that Jerry Caran uh, uh, Colangelo, or however you say it, uh, <laughs> went there, but outside of that, no, I don't. Who was it? Our Big Ten commissioner, Kevin Ward, and he was at the game today. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yes. Um, folks, uh, by the way, Grand Canyon uh, is a Christian university. It's a private university in uh, Phoenix. Uh, and, uh, yes, uh, you know, when they panned up to the uh, very pretty gals up there, yes, that is the, that is the same virtually at the university. It's a great school. But regardless, my team is the Hawkeyes. It's not bittersweet. I'm very happy that the Hawkeyes won. Actually, I'm, super, I'm supremely happy. And, uh, no, I did not know that, Dean. That's, that's incredible. Uh, I do think I read that, but I forgot that. Dean, what are your reaction? What is your just instant reaction right off the bat right now? Okay. This game pretty much – Finished exactly the way I predicted it when I wrote the article on Sunday night yeah. uh, or Monday morning, whenever we released that article. Um, however, I, I was disappointed because I really felt that, especially after watching this game, that we are so much better. We should have we should have won this by 20 or more points, and we were at 19 at one yeah. point. And so uh, I said I, we thought we'd win by um, 15, and we won by 12. Okay, and the score is almost what I predicted. <laughs> what did you predict? I'd have to go back and look, but I predicted something like 85 to 70. Yeah, I, I think I had it like 84 to 68, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Grand Canyon, there's a reason that they won 17 games. Um, mm -hmm. You know, my instant thoughts, and I, you know, obviously I've already done this a little bit, and folks, I'm sorry for the post-game Facebook. Uh, I'll figure that out with the connection. I'm actually very upset about that because, I mean, it's th th this only happens once a year. So, you know, it's important. <laughs> but, um, you know, Dean, my thoughts are this. You know, it was – first and foremost, Grand Canyon had – you know, how many ever days to prepare for Iowa? Also, mm -hmm. you know, for for a team like Grand Canyon, even though I said what I said about how, you know, uh, basketball is really social now and, and all the top talent knows each other, and that's true. Regardless, still, 
this was a top game for Grand Canyon, and that's how it always is. And, you know, Ohio State got bounced, and that shows mm-hmm. that when you get to the round of 64, it's not easy. However, I am in agreement with you that watching Grand Canyon – Iowa could have done whatever they wanted with Grand Canyon. That's Mm -hmm. the reality. And I was bothered by the fact that for much of the game, Grand Canyon dictated the pace. Mm -hmm. And for me, when we, when we look at Iowa's losses, that has been the case. And I don't want to turn this negative, especially after, you know, a a, a 12 point victory for the Hawkeyes, Mm -hmm. but you know, with the, with the rebounding, uh, advantage to Grand Canyon, especially on the on the offensive glass, uh, and and just you know physically how they were playing with Iowa, uh, you know they dictated the pace. They did from from the beginning, and I would say seventy five percent of the game. Uh, the positives, the positives, Dean, unquestionably, are Keegan Murray and the the three starters that Iowa have in uh, Jabo. Luca Garza and Joe Wieskamp mm-hmm. doing what they have been doing, which is, you know, phenomenal scoring in double figures. Um, I, I guess for me, you know, what, 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 what were your concerns when watching that game a little bit? And what were some of the positives that you watched? Well, I thought early on um, my concerns was, is that Luca wasn't um, going to the basket enough. He was getting the ball, but he was putting it back out. I thought he should have tried to make a couple moves, even on the double team, see if he could draw a couple of fouls. I mean, he did get Metgard out, out of the game in the first half with, with two early fouls. But but to me, he the guy didn't even get another foul in the game, I don't think, until later in the game. And so, I don't know. Mm. I just thought I thought we could have done more with Luka. Um, Wieskamp could have had a really good day today. He disappeared at times, especially after he got his 14th point. I believe they were two uh, free throws. And he disappeared for the rest of the half. And then, of course, at the end when they were having to follow people, he went to the free throw line and added his last two points of the game. So, really, his last four points came on free throws. So, I think, for me, that is a concern that, again, Wheezy's, Wheezy gets hot in part of the game and then disappears for a while. Well, he, yeah, I mean, you're partly right in my eyes. I mean, he did have 11 in the first half. He he carried Iowa in the first half right. on top of Iowa's bench, which we'll get to Iowa's bench. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, for me, Dean, my two thoughts on uh, Garza and, and Wieskamp are this. Mm-hmm. You know, Wieskamp is the, the type of guy he is, he's not a volume shooter. As much as we want him to be, that's mm-hmm. just not what he is now. Maybe if he comes back next year, then yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not it now. That's Luca Garza. So there will be periods of time where he goes dormant. But I do agree with you that uh, sometimes it seems as though he purposely just kind of goes away instead of, keeping that attacking mindset with that mind. He still had 16 points, right? Luca guards on the other hand, the, the biggest thing that bothered me is him missing the bunnies. Yeah, I, I know mean, it. he had four <laughs> or five bunnies that were point blank that he just shanked and missed. 
he could have had 32 points, Dean. Yeah. He, you know, 32, 34 points. And then, you know, the airballed free throw doesn't bother me. I don't, I don't care about that. But what mm. I do care about is the free throw shooting in general. Mm-hmm. So that bothers me. Um, uh, uh, yeah, the bunnies bothered me a lot, him missing that. Um, the crazy thing is, Dean, Iowa, I think, played like a B – a B type game for them mm-hmm. and they still won by 12 points. Yeah. This against, is against, you know, a, a good team in grand Canyon, well coached. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I fully expect grand Canyon to become, you know, one of the top mid major schools. I mean, it's in Phoenix. It's a great campus. I know this isn't a podcast about grand Canyon, uh-huh. but you know, just as a side note, I expect them to, you know, move forward in a, in a very strong way. Um, the other thing is, you know, what, what are your thoughts on, on, on Murray? I mean, it, it's crazy. Just he, Dean, he doesn't even have his man body yet and he's doing what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. He had 13 points today. I, I guess I heard the announcers say that that was double his average. Um, but we know that he's capable of doing more, but you know, he does what he does and came in and he got. Two offensive rebounds, five defensive rebounds, seven total, three assists, one steal, four block shots. How about that? Mm. Does, yeah. does Keegan make things happen? I love it when he's in the game because he makes things happen. <laughs> yes, he does. You know, the, the players on Iowa that make I, – I wouldn't call them necessarily game-changing plays, but, but make plays that are noticeable mm-hmm. would be Keegan Murray unequivocally – Joe Toussaint, uh, and, and Jordan Bohannon, you know, with his shooting. Um, and, you know, Keegan Murray, uh, it, it, it's, it's unreal because, again, he folks, I, I just want to put it this way. Keep in mind, he was a three-star prospect coming out of high school. I realized that he played one year out of high school, so that's kind of like a red shirt year. Mm-hmm. But he still doesn't have his man body. He's he's going to get so much bigger. It's ridiculous. I mean, it, it, he's not even close to where he's going to be. And then athletically, Dean, he's much more athletic than I thought he was. You know, mm-hmm. I was excited about his skill set, but it's actually his athleticism and his physicality that have really got my attention and, and made me excited. And, uh, you know, so – but going back to the game really quickly, you know, just uh, for the folks here, you know, I really thought that uh, Fran McCaffrey made the right move sitting Luca with two. I'm mm-hmm. curious what you think on that. I also think that he did the right thing um, by keeping Joe Toussaint in there because he, you know, he was doing good. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, you know, Jabo needed a little spark to get going. Um, and then the other thing I would say is just it, it, the, the bench in the first half, what they did truly was remarkable. I mean, they extended the lead for Iowa, Dean. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, if it weren't for them, uh, I think Iowa, I think the game would have probably been tied at half, you know, uh, going into the second half. But because of them, it wasn't. What do you think about sitting Luca with two? Oh, I didn't have a problem with that. I mean, 
you you just know that's going to come. Um, and fortunately, there's only like three minutes left in the half or something. But that's what Fran does. He he very rarely, only one time has he ever brought Lico back off the bench when he's had two fouls in the first half. But it was only for our offensive purposes. And then when um, he go back to the bench for defense because they didn't want him to pick up his third foul in the first half. It's only happened once this year, and I believe it, it was the Illinois game that we lost. <laughs> Right, right, right. Yeah, you're correct on that. Good memory on that. I don't, I, I don't even remember that. Um, you know, for me, again, this was a great game, all things considered, for Iowa. I think they played a B, maybe B-minus type game. They still won by 12. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, the, there are some concerns. You know, Dean, for me, the concern is if Luca. It's not necessarily if Luca gets into foul trouble that Iowa cannot defend mm-hmm. or cannot score because they can. Mm-hmm. What it is is that when he goes to the bench, Iowa has no one to go to. They for for you know how, however long the stretch is, mm-hmm. th- th- there's a size discrepancy. And against Grand Canyon, it showed, and against Oregon. That makes me a little nervous. What do you think? Oh, definitely. Um, you, I think you heard the announcer on the show saying that Oregon has a bunch of guys six foot six and taller. That this is a really tall team. They start a bunch of guys over six six foot six foot six. Um, you know, so we're gonna have our hands full with Oregon. I don't care what anybody says. Um, and the fact that Oregon was on pause for most of the season, we don't really know how good Oregon really is because we don't have enough sample because they stopped and started their season, I think, at least once and maybe twice. But conversely, we also that's, – that's not necessarily a reason to think that they are crazy good either. Mm-hmm. I, I get what you're saying. Right. But, you know, it kind of goes both ways. For me – you know, again, I, folks, just so that you're aware, Iowa won 86 to 74 over Grand Canyon uh, here tonight. Uh, Luca Garza finished with 24. Wieskamp finished with 16. Jabo finished with 13. And Keegan Murray finished with 13. Um, you know, look, you know, we have to talk about the VCU situation. You know, I didn't want to do that on the post game mm-hmm. on the video, but I fully intended on doing that here. Okay. You know, I, I got to say, the, the, the reality is there's a cultural mindset that is set in, mm-hmm. and, and that's just the way it is. However, it, that does not change what I think about just how crazy it is. Maybe not crazy. I, there's not really a perfect word for it. Sad, crazy, unreal. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. that VCU literally worked an entire season for this one game, mm-hmm. you know, because that's the reality of it. In college basketball, you're playing for, for what Iowa just played. And it, it, it didn't happen. And uh, th- there's really no words for it. Could, could they have waited one more day? Um, could they have, you know – Asked Oregon if they were okay to play, and you know, I, I don't know, Dean. You know, um, but it sucks. There's no question about it. It sucks. And then, you know, I also have some thoughts on whether um, Oregon not playing 
helps or hurts Iowa. What are your thoughts on it? Okay. Um, first of all, VCU didn't have a choice in the matter. Once they started testing positive, and the coach said that in the last 48 hours, they had several tests positive. Um, it was up to the um, health people of the county that they're playing in what to do, and they said that they could not play because they're controlling they're controlling these guys, making them lock up in their rooms and stuff, and they're the ones running the test. And so according to what they said, it was the Marion County of Indiana that said, no, you cannot play. You, you, you yeah. got too many tests. You got too many positives because I know that the announcers were speculating, well, what if you only have one or two? Could you just isolate them and bring out the team and play the games? Probably not, mm. <laughs> you know, because they want to be more safe yeah. than sorry. You know, you don't want to affect a whole team and a whole nother team and ruin their, their thing. Um, so with, with that, with that point, Dean, I a hundred percent agree, you know, because one team, with the mindset that people do have, if 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 it were to spread elsewhere, it could basically ruin an entire tournament. Mm-hmm. And so from that standpoint, I completely agree. Does that mean that I'm happy with it? Not necessarily. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're, we're in agree- agreement on mm-hmm. that, you know. Um you know, do you find it sad? I mean, what are your, you know, I know we do facts over feelings, but what do you, you already, you already laid out the facts. What are your emotional thoughts on I'm it? I'm kind of sad that VCU <laughs> didn't get the chance to play. I mean, it's just like you said, those guys worked hard all year. They, they fought yeah. through COVID issues and, and got to this point to get to play. I don't know why they had several positive tests over the last 48 hours. Whether or not they were a little lax before they got to Indianapolis, I don't know. Or whether they were too lax when they got to Indianapolis, I don't know. Mm. I have no idea. Nobody knows, you know, what went on because I know these teams were supposed to go straight to their hotels, eat their meals there, work out in their hotels, and they were supposed to be quarantined in their hotels, you know. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Yeah, I I don't know either. Uh, We're in agreement there. It's sad. Now, um, Oregon. Mm Mm-hmm. As as much as, you know, Dean, uh, I would love to bask in the glory of beating, you know, GCU, there's only so much to talk about there. Mm -hmm. You know, I will say this. I do think, and and I haven't really had a chance to talk about this that much, but Luca Garza showed he's the national player of the year uh, unequivocally. Mm -hmm. And to me, uh, you know, um, what USA Today did was just, just, downright silly just downright silly you know mm-hmm. illinois won multiple games not to mention against a top five team in the country without iu Desuma. if luca garza were to come out for iowa mm-hmm. they if they played five big 10 games they'd struggle to win two that's that's the reality now maybe they maybe they could win three but they would certainly lose a couple whereas illinois dean I don't even think they lost. Now, moving forward, Luca Garza in my eyes showed he's national player of the year. Oregon. For me, there's two coins to this. One, for Iowa, I think here's the positives. Oregon, with the layoff that they will have had, not playing, not having a game in between that, they may, there's a good chance they're going to come out slow Mm -hmm. against Iowa. Uh, Iowa will have a lot of confidence 
after picking up this win that Oregon will not have. Um, and now, on the flip side, Oregon will have more time to prepare for Iowa than other teams in the bra- in, in any part of the bracket because of what happened. Um, Iowa kind of got was given a very not kind of they were given a very tough situation there as Oregon will have more time to prepare for the opponent for their opponent in Iowa than any other team. And so there's positives and, and negatives there. You know, does it does it kind of even itself out? I, I don't know. But what I do know is regardless, Iowa's gonna have to play well to beat Oregon. That's the reality. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that, okay. Dane? Well, on that last part, when you're saying that Oregon would have more time to prepare for Iowa, not actually because they didn't know until the halftime of the Iowa game that they weren't going to play mm. tonight. That's when they canceled it. Okay. And so they're, they, they may have an hour, hour jump on Iowa, but I, guarantee, I yeah. guarantee you that they were already scouting Iowa with their tapes and stuff already. You know, they had the coaches were. Yeah, the sure. coaches yeah. were. And I and I guarantee you that Iowa was already scouting Oregon. So I I, I, I could promise you that they've right now, all the players have probably got all the information they need sent to their iPads, all the game film and all the tendencies and everything. And are probably being told to study it <laughs> and they'll probably go over it together <laughs> as we as we well, speak. I, I mean, there's no. You? Yeah, I was go just going to say. In, in, in NCAA tournament time, when it's one and done, there's no time to bask in the glory. you got to get right back to work and get right. ready for the next team because if you bask in the glory, you're not going to make it past your next game. So we need – Yeah. Um, you, Dean, you 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 absolutely hit the nail on the head there. Uh, regardless – and you know what? I probably didn't think that through mm-hmm. well enough. Um, yeah, maybe it was a little bit more time. But, yes, uh, regardless – both teams are going to have to turn around. And um, now, um, in, in by the way, guys, uh, congratulations to Iowa Wrestling for winning the national title. You know, just a little side note here that's absolutely huge for the University of Iowa. We will be having a podcast with Chuck Yagla again since you guys enjoyed uh, the last one we did. Um, Dean, you know, to me, this is – unequivocally the test for Iowa basketball and especially for Fran McCaffrey. And I know the players are the ones that have to do what they have to do to move Mm -hmm. on, but this is, this is, this is it, Dean. I mean, Fran's been here a long Mm -hmm. time and to say that he didn't, he has not had teams that could have advanced to his sweet 16 would be wrong because Iowa has had a few teams that could have, maybe they weren't favored, Mm -hmm. but they could have. Now they're, they will be favored, and this is massive. What are your thoughts on that? How, how big is this? And, uh, I mean, yeah, just in general, what do you think yeah, on this? That's, this is huge. they got to get to the final 16. And, and, you know, like I said, I told you last week's podcast that anything below a lead eight to me is a disappointment this season. Mm. Um, so I, I just got to – we just got to get them – not us because we can't do it. They have to do it. But we right. just got to hope that they can beat Oregon and, and get to the Sweet 16 and then take on whoever they meet, you know, in Kansas or USC. Talk about Jordan Bohannon listens to this. You don't think he's going to turn around <laughs> and just no, – I'm joking. Um, 
Yeah, no, this is, yeah, you're right. There's nothing we can do. This is, this is huge. What do you think about the big 10 and how they have performed? You know, Iowa would be the fourth victory. I know Mm -hmm. that. I don't know if anybody else won. What do you think on the big 10 and then Ohio state's lost? Okay. On the Big Ten so far with Iowa's victory, because I saw this on the announcers, because I do watch the announcers and listen to what they say. With Iowa's victory, we were five and three. And so I don't know what team we're missing. There must be another team for Big Ten playing yet tonight, because Michigan is one, Rutgers is one, Wisconsin's one, Iowa's one. Wisconsin smashed North Carolina team. They, <laughs> and honestly, I felt very good about Wisconsin beating North Carolina. Yeah. I, I really did because, you know, Wisconsin played Iowa tough mm-hmm. every single time. You know, the, it, the, Wisconsin, the Big Ten was just so dang mm-hmm. tough, you know, and they just did not quite have enough there at the end to get over the hill that you need to get over to finish top four in the big 10. Um, I'm trying to look up here as yeah. well. Uh, who the other, but, but still, you know, obviously there's been some people I've seen that have said, you know, ask the question is the big Ten overrated. You know, what do you think on that? So, so let's see. Um, Ohio state losing. Yes, that was a surprise, but I know that Ohio state's not overrated. They, I don't know why they lost that game. They obviously weren't ready for that game. Uh, because Ohio State yeah. should have never lost that game in a million years because they are so much better than that. <laughs> okay, yeah. and matter of fact, I had them going to the final four on their side of the bracket, so they just – Oh, so, boy, that just killed they did, That killed my whole side of that bracket. But um, <laughs> You know what kills people's brackets, Dean, is, is, the, is the bias. You know, it's, 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 it's your favorite mm-hmm. team bias, and then it's conference bias. But uh, oh, go no. ahead. You know, you know, that is kind of a side thing. But while you say that, normally that is the case. But this year it is so possible that I actually ended up with an all-Big Ten Final Four <laughs> because it's possible. Right, you right. have to weigh your biases against, against could this happen. Yes, it could happen. So I'm going to put it down that way. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it, listen, folks, the Ohio State loss, this is why all season long, I, you know, Dean has the lead eight as that's where Iowa has to go. You know, I've had sweet 16, um, and I'm not saying Dean's wrong there, it's just that's where mm-hmm. I'm at. But, you know, the, the reality is, is that the NCAA tournament, as I've said all year, is just so much different than anything else. In a, in a one-off situation, mm-hmm. anything can happen, and that is why the games mm-hmm. are played. And, you know, if Ohio State were to play that game four more times, I think they win all mm-hmm. four times. Definitely. You know, maybe three times. You know, maybe, maybe it's, you know, three to two. But, um, you know, as far as the Big Ten goes, folks – you, you know, some of the games were, were toss-ups. And then on top of that, the Big Ten and their seeding, you know, in some cases actually outperformed. You know, Wisconsin was a lower seed than North Carolina. Rutgers was a lower seed. Um, and so, you know, to me, it, the three losses, I think maybe mm-hmm. Dean – because it was Michigan State that lost, I think maybe there's some fans that are like, oh, my gosh, the Big Ten, they're not as good because Michigan mm-hmm. State. 
but Michigan State was an 11 seed. They squeaked in. They yeah, they got had to play in. a game against another good team, which is UCLA. I mean, Michigan State controlled that through most of it, and then I turned it off thinking Michigan State was going to win, and then I get up the next morning and find out UCLA actually advanced. So, but <laughs> Yeah, and apparently Tom Izzo <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, former Cincinnati Bearcat coach, which uh, Fran McCaffrey beat mm-hmm. head-to-head with Iowa coming back and, and beating Cincinnati there. That was a great game, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, phenomenal game. Uh, apparently they got into it, right? I don't, I did, but you, you turned I, it off. Yeah, I turned it off. All I heard was, is that at halftime, he got into it with one of his players, but I didn't hear anything about getting in with the coaches, but I know that there was a big write-up about Tom Izzo's attitude and maybe it's time for him to go if he can't have a little sportsmanship. So I don't know what happened. Oh my <laughs> God. But you know, listen, folks, there's a reason, uh, a guy like Tom Izzo coaches basketball while I'm going to try and say this nicely while other people write about Tom Izzo (laughs) coaching basketball, you know, um, you know, the the, the competitiveness and the, the toughness that is required to not only make it for like a little bit of time in, in, in college sports and higher, but as long as he's made it is, is incredibly mm-hmm. high. And, you know, I have, you know, was it maybe out of line if he talked to another player? Sure. Who knows what the player said mm-hmm. to him at the end of the day, even though the, that kid is, is an, is a kid technically still a gro- He's a grown man right. too. Cause he's over the age of 18. So, you know, technically there's that. But, uh, yeah, Dean, I think we're both in agreement. There's no way, you know, he should hang it up. Mm -hmm. But I do have a question for you, and I raised this on Mm -hmm. Facebook, and then we got to look at Oregon here, and then we'll get out of here. Um, Is the face of the Big Ten changing? The cream of the crop, baby. Cream of the crop. this year it did. (laughs) Um. (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't know. Let's 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 stay tuned for the next couple of years and see what happens. I don't know if it's changing. You know, like Michigan State having a down year. Is that an anomaly? Is Wisconsin having a down year? Is that an anomaly? We don't know. Because those two teams are usually yeah. fighting for a Big Ten title. And so, you know, Michigan is was hit and miss for years. And, you know, this year they they were a hit. Um, Illinois was like Iowa. It had been a while since they made some noise, and Illinois made some noise this mm. year. And, and so, but th- they're losing two of their guys for sure. I don't know how many more are going. Yeah. But th- th- those two guys yes. are headed for the NBA, you know? And so Correct. that's going to change Correct. the face of that team a lot. But, but they still not, don't get, Massively. yeah, don't get me wrong because they're still going to be a decent team. Um, yeah. You know? Um, Iowa being in the mix this year and, you know, and they were in the mix last year. I, I think they just lost. Yeah. Here, here, here are the finishes. Here's how the big 10 finished last mm-hmm. year, Dean. Wisconsin finished mm-hmm. first, Michigan state finished second, Maryland finished third, Illinois finished fourth, mm-hmm. Iowa finished fifth or top. Yeah. Fi- uh, Iowa finished fifth. Uh, and they were tied at a, with a, a 11 and 9 with Penn State, Ohio State, mm-hmm. and Rutgers. But I believe Iowa got that tiebreaker. So they technically, were five, yeah. Iowa finished yeah. fifth. 
Right. So if we look at it, you know, really the top five teams in 2019, Iowa, uh, Illinois, Wisconsin, Michigan State, the only teams, well, no, not the only teams, Iowa and Illinois were the only teams that were still there at the top. Wisconsin was supposed to be there at the top. And they did now. Here's 20, uh, 20 this past mm-hmm. season Michigan first, Illinois second, Iowa third, Purdue fourth. By the way, what Purdue, I'll get to Purdue okay. here in a second. Ohio State fifth, and Wisconsin uh, tied for sixth mm-hmm. with Rutgers. So the, the, when I think of the cream of the crop, I think of the top four teams. And for me, Dean, right now, You know, the last three seasons, I don't know if I could quite squeak Iowa in there. I think maybe I could squeak them in there like fifth. Mm -hmm. If we go back to the 2018 season, Iowa finished, let me see here, first, second, third, fourth, sixth. And they, you know, obviously with Tyler Cook and made the NCAA tournament, the, the top teams for me right now would probably be I would still put Michigan State in there. Um, I would probably – oh, dang. I would probably put Purdue in there. They've finished strong. Mm. And, yeah, Dean, I'd probably put Iowa, <laughs> Illinois, and fifth I would probably either put Wisconsin or Maryland. What do you think? I I, I think you're you're pretty close to – Oh, Ohio State could maybe yeah, be in there I too. I think you're close to hitting it. I mean, um, Ohio State has been hit and miss. They're there some years, some years they're not. They're inconsistent. Um, yeah. As you saw this year, they were in the mix for most of the year, which is why they got the two seed. But at the end of the year, they did lose a lot of games and dropped them. You would they finish fifth or sixth? Uh, uh, let me see here. Well, in 2018, they went eight and 12. And then uh, 2019, they went 11 and nine, finishing uh, tied with Iowa. But technically, because of tiebreakers, I think sixth or seventh, whatever it is. But, okay. yeah, continue. So, like I said, you know, Ohio State was hit and miss. So, they finished about like they did the last last season then. Um, Iowa and Illinois both improved, and so did Michigan, improved on, on their previous two years. So, they both made a good move. Um, they both did. But, you know, but we both know that Illinois and Iowa are losing um, – key key people so we don't know what those teams are going to look like next year so i would say after next year if if iowa and illinois can continue to make the noise that they made this year right you know, point. Yep. then the, the, yeah because you know Iowa's going to have a different identity next year no matter what you say right if iowa can do next year and that's a phenomenal mm-hmm. point dean if iowa can do next year what they were able to do when tyler cook left when everybody <laughs> thought that Iowa would struggle to win 15 games. That was the common right. thing. And, you know, your boy here said, no, they're going to be fine. They'll win 20. They'll be all right. And mm-hmm. they did. If they can do that again next year, and, and that's still one more talking point we got to get to, Joe Wieskamp. Mm-hmm. we got to do that. If they can do that next year, Dean, I am in complete agreement, as, as well as Illinois, considering what they – both Iowa and especially Illinois, because Illinois will be down two guys for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, you know, um, I think that will cement them as as cream of the crop. But the Big Ten is just so dang good with so many good coaches, Dean. It's right. incredible. I mean, Dean, 
and, and this we have to hit on this. We haven't even talked about this yet. And folks, we will get to Oregon here momentarily. We're gonna do this, Joe Wee's camp, then Oregon. Um Archie Miller was one of the most sought after coaches mm -hmm. in America. Dean, I I did not say that he was going to be successful, but I also thought it was an okay hire. By the way, Iowa State fired their coach. I called that, told you guys that was going to happen. Uh, and uh, you know, you know, not not that's a that's what we call um, a light flex. <laughs> you know, where I'm not trying to flex, but but I'm kind of flexing. I'm going to guarantee you because the next day they hired their re his replacement, T.J. Holson. You know, I can't even say his name. But he's been an Iowa assistant, Iowa State assistant coach in the past. And I'm going to guarantee that they were already talking to him so that as soon as they got Prohm out the door, <laughs> they, they brought him right in. <laughs> Jeez Louise, uh, recruits are going to have a dang hard name saying his name on the recruiting trail. TJ Olsenberger? Otsenberger? Yeah. He's definitely Jamin or something like that. I don't know. But, um, you know, um, you know, Archie Miller gone, um, you know, and, and here's the reality also. And by the way, uh, Minnesota getting rid of what's his name again, Dean? Oh, Rick, Richard Patino. <laughs> Patino. Yes. Um, Richard Patino. <laughs> Patino was given his yeah. chance and no question. And folks, Minnesota is probably I would say, unlike Minnesota, is is a decent state to recruit in football. Uh, I would I, I would say it's just as good as Iowa. They're about the same, but in basketball, Minnesota literally has a top five or top like two, three top twenty five guys in the country every year, mm -hmm. every year, and whereas Iowa does not have that, the state of Iowa. And, you know, he missed out on that. He was given his chance, and he just didn't make it happen. But both Indiana and Minnesota and Iowa State, for mm -hmm. that matter, Dean, Iowa State, for a lesser extent, I think are in a better position than what Iowa was in when they let go of Todd Licklider. It's not as though these programs – are completely in the gutter. Oh, no, what do you I, think? I absolutely agree. There, there, there's so much talent left there. As long as they don't get up and leave, like, um, oh, what's the name of that Minnesota guard? I think his name is Carr. He left. Yeah, Carr. Yeah, he Marcus left. Carr. As soon as they fired Patino, wow. he put his name into the transfer portal. So they can't afford to lose. Wow, I'm actually surprised he didn't put his name into the draft. Yeah, maybe he'll do that too, but he put it in the transfer portal, so maybe he's going to weigh both options. But – Wow, what if Iowa snagged him, Dean? Jeez yeah, what Louise. would you what would you be telling you? What would be you be telling uh, Perkins and um, Joe, Joe Tusan if you snagged him? <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, of course boy, he's yeah, better than yeah, Joe. Yeah, I don't even know what would happen there. This is all <laughs> hypothetical, folks. I haven't even heard Carr thinking about Iowa. Okay, it's just hypothetical. But uh, yeah, listen, folks. Yeah, Dean, you're right. Um, as long as they can hold on to. Most mm -hmm. of the talent, most of it, they'll be just fine. It, it, you know, Minnesota, Indiana, and Iowa State are not complete rebuilds like Iowa was when Fran yeah, McCaffrey took over. 
they are in yeah. a decent spot. Licklider left the team with a full a bunch of full of mid major type players. You know, and yes. you can get away with yes. one or two maybe on your team, but you can't have a whole team of mid mid majors, and you definitely can't have your son playing point guard when he can't even play at the mid major level. More oh, like a division man. three college Jeez, player. Dude. I mean, that was awful to watch his son out there play. People get on Joe Dusan. Yeah, that, I, I don't know just... if the people who get on Joe Dusan ever remember little Licklider playing point guard. They would Joe Dusan <laughs> looks like a superstar compared to him. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I was a kid when that happened, but it was just so <laughs> obvious that Iowa was athletically so far below what they should be. And you're absolutely right. It, you know, at the Big Ten level, you can get away with grabbing one or two, maybe even three, you know, guys that had mid-majors. And, 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 but you, as a talent evaluator, you just decide, okay, I think they can play and we have to give up a scholarship, so we'll take them. We missed on everybody else. And a lot of times you can take, you know, a 6'10", power forward or small forward, power forward, whatever, that has high upside – and Licklider never did that. He took guys that had mm-hmm. no upside and mid-major. He recruited like he did at Butler. Anyways, moving on uh, real quick because we got to get to Oregon here. But really mm-hmm. quickly, Dean, wh- what do you think on Joe Wieskamp? And, and we'll just take a few th- seconds on the, or like a minute or two on this. Wh- what do you think? I know we are in the middle of the NCAA tournament. But what right this second, what are your thoughts on coming okay, back? My thoughts are – I. I, now I've got it at 50-50. Um, um, if yeah. I had to lean one way or the other, I would say he's not coming back but and go with 51 mm-hmm. to 49. But he's definitely going to explore his option. He's definitely going to use this, yes. this, you know, after the season to d- explore and see what he can do and talk to people because he's allowed to do that. And he can only do it twice. Yeah. And so – and it also depends, you know, where he's at with his um, degree – how much of his degree he's got left, mm. how much is how serious he is. And, yeah. you know, and he wants to get married pretty soon. I don't know what they've set a date or not, but that he probably wants to consider that yeah. too, you know, what his wife wants and everything. And so let's just face it. I don't know what yeah. to expect, but I would say right now the odds are 50-50, but I would lean a little bit more that he's not coming back than, than he is coming back. And I know you're just the opposite. <laughs> Well, not, not necessarily, I, you know, it, um, logically it's, it, it's, to me, it's very simple skill wise. He's mm. good enough to go. If, if you were to go, I think he'd be take, I mean, if you listen to mm. broadcasters a lot of times, or at least half of the time, you know, they are salivating over Joe Wee's camp more so than I've heard that garment time again. Um, <laughs> yeah. So skill wise, I think he's mm-hmm. good enough to go. Uh, however, emotionally, how much he loves Iowa, how, you know, uh, ex- all the stuff that Dean said, I think I, I would agree with Dean. It's 50, 50. I would lean the mm-hmm. other way uh, because I think if he came back for one more year, he could drastically improve his uh, draft position. I think right now he'd be a late first, early mm-hmm. second round pick. If he came back, I think he could play himself into a top 15, type, top mm-hmm. 20 type pick, which would be huge, you know, pay wise. Uh, and sometimes for your development, coming back for your senior year mm-hmm. is way better. Uh, 
So it all depends. I would go the other way by 2%. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, this is definitely a big one. And I think Fran McCaffrey will uh, play a, a bigger role uh, than mm-hmm. we think, uh, you know, for, for uh, Wheezy here. All right. Oregon, folks. Here are just the little, uh, a little few things on Oregon. First and foremost, they won 20 games. Okay. They went 20 and six, which is actually a better record than Iowa or uh, nearly exactly the same. Uh, Dean, I'm actually shocked that they w- are a seven seed. You know, when I saw that they won 20 games, you I was remember, pretty surprised. You that remember they were when we seed. saw that bracket break out? I told you that I thought their seed was too low. <laughs> right. Yes, correct. You, yes, you did say that at the time. I had no idea, uh, w- you know, what Oregon was about. They are 33rd in the net rankings. Um, they went two and three in, in quadrant one and seven and one in quadrant two, winning 20 games, losing six. And in Ken Palm, let's see here. Uh, we're going to look at their offensive efficiency and their defensive efficiency. Um, I'm trying to find them here. They are 30th in Ken Palm as well, or net. They were either what, what were they in net? What did I say, Dean? 30 um, in 30th. net, I forget. yeah, 33, yeah, yeah, 33, 33 in net, and 30 in uh Ken Palm. Uh, they have the 13th best offense, which scares me a little bit. Uh, even though Iowa has played tough offenses all year long. Um, and defensively, they are 66. If you think about it, Dean, they're actually very similar to Iowa. The only difference is, is that Iowa is second in offensive efficiency. They are 13th, and Iowa is 52nd in defensive efficiency, whereas they are 66. So my point is, is that Iowa is just a little bit more elite mm-hmm. in those regards. But as far as the makeup on what they're what I, Oregon's good at and what Iowa's good at, kind of looks very similar. What do you? What are your initial thoughts on my Oregon? initial thoughts? Are um, I haven't really looked at them yet, real real deep. Um, I was going to do that after the game tonight, but um, I, from what I've understand, you're real quick. They're tall. Real quick. Uh, okay, go just, ahead. No, go, I was going to yeah, say. Go ahead. I know they're tall. They're okay. fast. They're interchangeable. Um, so they'd probably give Iowa, you know, no more, more no more fits than the other top four yeah. teams in the Big Ten. <laughs> They're probably yeah. They uh they have Eugene Omaruri mm-hmm. averaging sixteen point seven points a game. Chris Duarte averaging sixteen point seven. L.J. Figoria averaging twelve point three. Will Richardson averaging eleven point one. Eric Williams averaging 10.4. They have one, two, three, four, five guys. My guess they're mm-hmm. starting five, averaging 10 or more okay, points that's a game. Good. That's, that's got to be good incredible. news because their bench can't be averaging very much then. They're, they must not be getting much help off the bench. Right, <laughs> right, right. Which is, which is good, which is good. However, I always say this. It's always the top two guys – that take the team right. where they need to go. And when Luke, when Luca Garza and Joe Wieskamp do what they are capable of doing, I feel completely and utterly confident that Iowa will win, mm-hmm. should win. And that's usually yeah. how it goes. So those guys, too, 
you know, listen. Yeah, say, yeah. Our two guys together average thirty. I just doing this in my head. Average thirty eight points together, um, a game, and the other, um, the the top two you were talking about average thirty two. So we're marginally better there. <laughs> yeah, when you get when you get forty points from your top two guys, that is that's as good as it gets. So. Listen, folks, we're going to end it here. Iowa beats Grand Canyon University in uh, the first round, 86 to 74. It was not pretty at times. At other times, it was very pretty. I think perhaps Grand Canyon. I had not said this before, but I'll say it now. I wish I would have said it earlier. I actually think Grand Canyon probably played their best game they could have played. And I think. Uh, had it not been for Iowa playing the solid game they played, even though it wasn't perfect, I think Iowa could have been in trouble there. The point being, I think GCU maxed out uh, what they were capable of in that game, and sometimes it happens. Uh, Iowa got the uh, the job done. That's why the, you know the saying is survive mm-hmm. and advance. That's all you mm-hmm. got to do survive and advance and so far i was done it dean okay. what are your final that's thoughts? exactly my final thoughts but i also want to put out there for anybody who thinks that we're going to do a wrestling podcast tonight we are not there'll be an article tomorrow and a podcast on monday i hope on monday what happened why were people saying that did i say sunday no, to somebody no. i don't think i did i said no. I thought just, I just i didn't <laughs> want anybody listening to this and say where should talk about Iowa wrestling? Well, that wasn't the intent with this podcast. Oh, this yeah, was yeah. just an instant reaction <laughs> podcast on the basketball, the NCAA tournament. We've got an article breaking tomorrow and a podcast on Monday. So stay tuned for those. That, that'll yeah. be all wrestling. I'll, that's where our wrestling talk will be. <laughs> Amen. That was well said. Dean. Well, well done there. Uh, thank you very much, Dean, uh, for joining me. My partner, as always, um, Ladies and gentlemen, I'm I'm very happy. It's not even bittersweet for me that Iowa beat Grand Canyon. Uh, Iowa is my all-time favorite team. Uh, it, you know, listen, folks, it is magical to be able to watch Luca Garza, J- Joe Wieskamp, Jordan Bohannon, uh, e- even if it means for one more game. That's 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 just an extra game in my book. And when they win, it's all it's all the better. So. Phenomenal game. Congratulations to the guys. Um, be sure to go to 247hawkeye.com. That's 247hawkeye.com. Uh, uh, you can subscribe on Facebook uh, to me and get all the uh, content that we release, me and Dean, uh, at Nolan Hawkeye Anthony. You can also follow uh, Dean, uh, Dean Freen. Also, smash that follow button on Twitter and Parlor at 247hawkeye. Dean, thank you so much for joining me. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, DBAP, don't be a pussy willow. Unpacks our feelings here.